Blog Talk Radio. Boxing, 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 boxing. You're tuned into Outsiders Boxing Podcast, where they only gonna give you the realest talking. Boxing, 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 boxing. Outside of Boxing Podcast, coming to you live April 28th on this beautiful Sunday. Man, 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 man. Got a whole lot of things going on this week, folks. Good to be back. Had to listen to Willie and JP take the reins last Sunday, in which Easter was, in which, look, man, I come from a really big family, which, you know, everybody can say the same. My dad got about 13 sisters and two brothers, and they got too many children. Then plus, with the snow and loss and all that good stuff, I wasn't able to make it during the, the time that was given, work schedule, being in San Francisco, all that good sorts of things of that nature. So I wasn't able to make it last week. Um, would like to have, but, you know, sometimes it be that way. But, um, yeah. Good Sunday, uh, relaxing, chilling, getting ready for the, uh, the the whole show to start up with all the things that go involved with this and that. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, there's been a whole lot of stuff going on. Excuse the bag as we pull some of this stuff out from the Contribute uh, bodega, some would say. But, um, yeah, a whole lot, a whole lot of going on, man. Got NBA playoffs sprinkled in. Uh, Houston holding the L. That doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, Milwaukee holding a major L. That one did surprise me as I had the Bucks winning this series in six games. That doesn't change, but you got to wonder if Giannis Antetokounmpo is made of the right stuff because last year looked real soft against Boston. This year, or <laughs> earlier today, earlier today, looked real soft against these same Boston Celtics. Um, yeah, ain't really much to say, man, when it comes to that sort of stuff. I don't think it matters who comes out the West or who comes uh, out of these two series going on right now. Because I got Toronto going all the way with that number two guy in Toronto. I think that number two guy is going to make it happen this year. Uh, But now, other than that, man, I think everybody's been – where's the boxing world? Because we we had a lot of fights going on this week. None of major significance. One that I said that would have been – had fight of the year potential on Wednesday's preview show that Willa had didn't really come out to be that way, which will break down in a little bit here coming forward. Uh, Easter and Bartholomew had a little bit of a you'd rather watch paint dry on the wall. Uh, A few things happening here and there. A lot of people talking about Endgame with the Avengers. Mm, I have not had yet time to go see that. I'm going to be the last guy to rush in the movie theaters to watch something like that. Same as the way things as, uh, what was the uh, movie Us, directed by Jordan Peele? 
yeah, I'm that guy that waits four weeks after movies come out to go over there and see when the uh, uh, prices are down, seats are not as filled, all that good stuff. But look, I, I uh, you know, Marvel and the Avengers and all that good stuff, they have really good films. But I, I think that we kind of know how this one's going to turn out. You know, I haven't seen it. kind of have a good picture of what's going on. I've not seen the tweets of one LaShawn McCoy who gave away the ending on Twitter. It just tells you a lot about this, the, the time and age of what we deal with with people. The Avengers came out with the hashtag don't spoil the end game. Well, when you tell a clown not to be obnoxious or if you tell a child not to grab that candy on the table, what are they going to do? They're going to do that. So, Whatever, whatever. Uh, I'll get to it when I get to it. Not much of a big movie guy. Uh, unless it's going to be Birds of Prey. I'm really looking forward to that movie. Because, you know, uh, <clears throat> Margot Robbie, Holly Quinn. Can't wait for that one. But anyways, um, yeah, a whole lot's been going on. Um, it's heating up a lot. Getting ready with the AC checkup and all that good stuff. Getting ready for another hot summer uh, back here in Central California, where the heat is definitely turned up a lot more different from the confines of Northern California, in which I spent my last week. So, culture shock a wee bit, adjustments a tad bit. Outside his boxing podcast Sunday, always. So let's take it to my co-host. And see how he's doing over there. You know, Willa, uh, I, I'm not a front runner and things of that nature. So if you need a shoulder to lean on or a, a, a arm wrapped around, I'm always your guy because you're not even that much taller for me. So I don't need to get on a step stool to put an arm around the shoulders, my guy. How you doing? Because uh, I was going for your rockets, but that was a little bit of some bullshit in the last 20 seconds, which is neither here nor there. Seven game series. I think it'll be all right. What's going on, man? Oh, man. First of all, I want to say what's up to everybody. Uh, Happy Sunday. Um, Man, had a great weekend. You know, got to check out Endgame. uh, Me and my my, uh, C2, my ace, we went and saw it on Friday. Got to see it. Good movie. Um, Spider-Man Into the Multiverse was better. Infinity Wars was better, but it was a good movie, you know. So the hype on it, it ain't, it didn't stack up to the hype, but it was still pretty good, you know. I give it a B minus, a B, you know, in that area for that man. But uh, everyone else know, I see is giving that one an A. Why are you giving it a B minus? That's a low grade. Well, you'll see. I mean, you just tell me. You just got to watch it. I don't want to say why and why it's not you know a lot of people are saying it is but you know I don't think it it was good but it was sort of a lot of the stuff was for it it was like you got cheap you know it was cheap moves you know what I'm saying it was like okay you got it was very emotional it was an emotional ride but all the emotions were cheap they were easy they were easy emotions to get the story I don't think was the bomb but that's just that's just me it's still a good movie still appreciate how they did it. I still appreciate that it's over and how they ended it. Um, but, you know, it wasn't the best movie out the whole out the whole thing at, by far. Like I said, Infinity Wars was way better. But, you know, 
just saw my Rockets take a hard fought L to these guys. But I like what I see out there. You know, Harden's going to have to step it up a little more, even though he scored 35. Step it up a tad bit more. Uh, I like what Gordon's doing, Chris Paul. We just need, if we get a little bit of something besides defense, a little bit of something from P.J. Tucker, a little bit of something from Clint Capella, we win that game. And I don't think they're going to be able to stop those guys the whole time. I'm not mad at it. You know, hey, the, the refs were tripping the whole game, but they were tripping just not against just the Rockets. They were just tripping. Like, these were the worst refs. They called the game crazy. You know, they weren't calling anything until the fourth quarter. So you don't know how to play, you know, it's just crazy. The refs, I'm not blaming it on the refs because they were just shit the whole way through. It was a hard-fought game. They had kept uh, – we, the coach, for some reason, put Nene – well, I know why. We were getting our rebound, offensive rebound the last few times. He put Nene in. They're smart. They run the switch, and they get it to Curry. And then he starts to shimmy in. He ain't shimmied all night, but then he starts shimmying, and we still had a chance to win the game with the steal. So, you know, I'm not mad at that. We'll see how it goes. But more fucking importantly, the White Walkers are at uh, Winterfeld, whatever the fuck it's called. They are there. It's going down tonight. It's going down tonight. We'll see what the fuck is popping. The war starts. We've been waiting on this all fucking year. Eight years. Eight plus years. This is season eight. Eight plus years. Ten years. I don't know how long it's been. But this is what it's all about. And it's popping tonight. Game of Thrones. Oh, gosh. Episode episode three, 8 o'clock Central. I'll be on it. Other than that, great weekend of boxing. I got to see every single fight. Somehow, I was able to lay down in my bed and watch every single fight this weekend. So, hey, ask me about everything. I got, I got what you need. And like I said, I called it. Man, that, y'all should call me Nostradamus the way I do this stuff. Here we go. This, what do you say about JB's call? Uh, JP's call? There's going to be jazz in this fight. I told y'all. <laughs> no. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I thought about starting watching Game of Thrones earlier in the week with a lot of time on my hands. But it's going to seem like a lot of catching up to do. I might get there just for that. Uh, uh, I forget that chick's name, but. The dragon lady, you know, he's a good-looking woman, you know. But um, you know, we got a lot of shit to talk about, so we'll cut. We'll, we'll keep it short and sweet, and uh, take it to Southern California for a man who thought that he was getting ready to be one of the servants in Nostradamus's boxing predictions after getting the Estrada fight predicted correctly. So let's take it to Southern California and see how the diet Nostradamus of boxing predictions is doing right now. JP, you almost had it. But, you know, hey, you, you, you still got that one, and uh, I'll give you that. We all knew what Progress is doing, so wishful thinking on my part, but it is what it is. Anyways, man, how's it going out there in Southern California, my guy? Man, all is good. I'm finishing up this Sunday trying to get to the sanctity garage, doing the um, did church, did the after church family meal, and now I'm on the way to the house and – take off the tight clothes and, you know, really unwind. But 
really was a good weekend for boxing and another low key hardcore boxing fans weekend. So it was all good. I didn't get to see every single fight, but I, I got to see the ones that I needed to see. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I feel you on that. So you had uh, church today, and uh, yeah, Seattle sign blew me up early in the morning about the Milwaukee Boston game. So I got up about ten o'clock, something like that. Yeah, I went to sleep late, so I woke up at ten. I woke up late as fuck, and Badu uh, Badabu walked into the living room, turned on the TV, and I thought that Milwaukee was going to give Boston that work. Turned out they might still have some flashbacks of last season. Uh, any thoughts on the NBA sprinkles or NBA playoff sprinkles of topics that put in today's show? Man, Boston. Boston seemed like, you know, when we was writing them off, I think we had wrote off Boston. They had some um, so, some speed bumps earlier this year. Kyrie and the rest of the team wasn't quite seeing eye to eye. And Kyrie was trying to be the, the leader, and it didn't seem the troops were following. But now it seems like they've been able to hit a switch, and everybody seems to be on the same page. Uh, they look good. They look like the team to beat in the East. And I think they are the best team by far, and the team that will give probably Golden State coming out of the West the best the best chance to, um, you know, the best team that could beat Golden State. They got a lot of horses on the perimeter. That the problem with Houston is I was wondering who's going to slow Durant down, you know. And I think that um, Boston would have a couple of those guys. I think, you know, Brown being long and, you know, just need a long athletic guy. That's why I said we, Houston needs a Reza back just for this. And they, they don't got that guy no more. So excited about Boston. Uh, Milwaukee, they about two years away still. Giannis is going to have to develop, you know, like some in-between game. It can't be all this full steam ahead stuff. Just not going to be able to get away with it as the playoffs get tighter and tighter as we get towards the conference finals and the championship. But um, excited about seeing Boston looking good over there. And, of course, we got the series we've we've all been waiting for. But I think that window was a small window for Houston. It was last year. You had the best Chris Paul you're going to have last year. And the Chris Paul this year is not the Chris Paul from last year. And I think that's the determining factor with the um, Rockets and Golden State. Well, we could tell that you were uh, at Golden Corral after church because you didn't watch this game. Chris Chris Paul balls, balled <laughs> out. And the guy that and the guy that uh, that was that that was sort of checking Kevin Durant was was my man PJ Tucker. He was playing excellent defense on him, but then he just he fouled up. He got four. He got three fouls quickly, and then they put uh, put in Shumpert. And then it, uh, the lights went out from there. But, hey, we'll be all right, man. Chris Paul is balling right now. Exactly what we needed for. What we need Chris Paul to do, he did today. Because even though Harden scored 35, his shooting wasn't that good. We needed Paul, and he and he actually balled for us today. So did Gordon. Nobody else balled, though. Harden, Paul, and Gordon, nobody else. And we lost at the end. How many points Chris put up? It seems like if you get Chris balling, and you got um, Harden giving you 35 and Gordon balled, you're not getting a lot more than that, man. I mean, you, you, but we need something. If you, we need it. We need yeah. it. 
We probably them niggas probably only gave us you think thirty five twenty. Yeah, I don't know. We just needed a little more. Nene, Nene sort of gave us something. Capella gave us nothing though. If Capella oh, okay. gives they us nothing, if PJ Tucker gives us nothing, then they we it's, we're gonna have a hard time because they got three scores too. So now it's just an even game. So, so could Golden State be like, you know what? We'll let them do their thing, but we just gonna stop all those lobs at the rim to Capella. That could be enough right there to you know to slow them down just enough to keep them beatable. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that's what they want to do, because I, I mean, I don't know what if that's what they want to do. We'll see. I'm not trying to, you know. I just think Chris Paul was balling this time, so we, we'll see. Sure. You know, we got to see what happens. Yeah, yeah. A lot, of, a lot, a lot of games left to be played, and and I don't think it's a question for the uh, Rockets of how to stop KD. Uh, probably a question that can't be answered for the entire NBA. Just hope the guy misses. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I caught the beginning, first half. I missed the third quarter, got the fourth quarter as I was still getting my finish on MK11. So, you know, I'm just big chilling here, relaxing, got that cracking and seeing some of these uh, uh, the finishes in the game and all that good stuff. I was just ready to, uh, you know, get this whole show on the road. So, regardless. Hey, RC, real quick, what is that about? Is that about, like, all the M- Mortal Kombat coming together? Is that what that is? It's it's strange, man. It's 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 almost ass backwards. Uh, for those who don't really know much about Mortal Kombat, you know, you kind of know how the main character, the main bosses, would be like a Shao Kahn. Now you got this bitch named Kronika who's uh, trying to essentially move time back, get rid of all the characters before they're even born. So you're going with time lapses and you're bringing characters from present and past. It's all ass backwards. I was really confused because I didn't really go through the story mode in the last two Mortal Kombat. So I just got back on it right now. But um, yeah, it's strange. It's it's uh, one of those grandfather effects when you go back in time. If you if you do something wrong with one person and one person dies, ceases to exist in the future. So yeah, it's, it's a whole lot of bullshit. But highly recommended. Great game. Awesome fucking game. I I have not sat back and got on my Xbox playing a video game for. Uh, a very long time, probably since the, the, the last Call of Duty game came out. You know, ever since, uh, um, <clears throat> you know, I haven't, you know, <clears throat> sparked up anything, uh, games haven't been much interesting to me. So this is the first time in a long time I actually got to sit down and play a video game for a while. And, uh, you know, shit, really good, uh, really good. It, it prevented me from going out to the club and bar and, and all this stuff and probably making bad decisions that I'll be regretting today. So, yeah, it's not too bad kicking it at the crib and turning the Xbox on and saving myself some grief. So, uh, highly recommended, though, for anybody who's a video game fan. That one, uh, this one right here, is a, it's a really good one. Got my, got my full attention span without any enhancements or anything like that. But check it out. Uh, but, fellas, we talked about all the fights coming on Wednesday on the preview show that Willa had. And, uh, well, some went the way we thought, another kind of expected the unexpected, and the other, well, we know what it is. Uh, I think we should kick it off from the top, uh, as I put into the uh, descriptive of the show, even though it was probably one of the more unentertaining fights with Easter Bartholomew, a fight that we kind of expected uh, 
a little bit more fireworks to go on about. Probably didn't expect the split draw outcome that happened. Uh, Robert Easter, hmm, not going to say necessarily took a step back. I thought Bartholomew was going to be really good opposition. I just figured that Easter would step his game up a little bit more. But I'm telling you right now, man, uh, some of these fights right here uh, that had just happened, they're really good for the for the boxing fans, most definitely. Uh, Low-key, great fights that were uh, anticipated. Did they turn out that way? In the Easter fight, I'd say no. Uh, in the fight after, as we'll speak about, there's reasons why. And the other one, we kind of know what time it is. But uh, let's just kick it off from the jump. Uh, Easter Bartholomew. You 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 did it. You, you thought that it would be more entertaining and have some more fireworks from the jump. Robert Easter shown that he can really have some barn burner type of fights uh, that he's shown previously, uh, but you, you just didn't see it. Um, reason for belief that if you're a fan of either or, thinking that they would win the fight, and and or thought that they won the fight, and you know. It, for whatever reason, everybody has an excuse for it. You go to uh, Robert Easter's uh, Instagram recent post, quoting, every time I'm in the ring, I give my fans all. I didn't agree with the decision, but we came out healthy. That's what's most important. Thanks to all my fans and supporters. We're going to run that shit right back in all capital letters with a muscle flex and the bunny right next to us. Show some photos where he got a good shot on Bartholomew and having uh, a, a tight block on defense. He has some moments in the fight where you can see this guy that we kind of – it's not necessarily on the broader level where, like, if he lets his hands go, that's not the case. But you can see that he has the, the size, uh, keeps a, a really good distance, speed, things like that, that, that give him the advantages in fights that he's in against opposition, in which some people probably believe, even if you're just a Garcia – or not a Garcia fan, but an Easter fan against Garcia, that he could give problems with – it didn't work out that way, you know. Uh, but Easter definitely had his moments. Uh, but, you know, you had a whole lot of toe-stepping uh, when it came to the fighters' uh, stances stylistically, and we know how that kind of thing works out. But well, this one really didn't turn out to be as great as we thought it was. Uh, it turned out to be a split decision. And to be honest with you, I think it probably was that. I couldn't see it going either way for either guy wasn't much uh, entertainment value put on as I did not watch it live and then did not see what the, uh, I did not see what the outcome was even when I did watch it a little later. So I kept the spoilers away. And, um, you know, after the fight was over, uh, from when I seen it, I looked at a lot of the feedback from the social media world. um, And I could agree with a lot that's given and said from both sides. You know, you, 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 you said that it wasn't much entertaining for yourself as well, and I could understand that because uh, kind of expect more from Easter at this point in time, especially when you have an opportunity uh, against a guy who looked really suspect, in my opinion, when it came to the weigh A little too rainbowy, if you know what I mean, body language-wise. But, well, uh, this fight that it took place uh, yesterday, what happened? Why did Easter not take advantage of this opportunity and get that W? Man, I'm not really sure what, you know, Easter uh, went back to, you know, he said he was going back to the drawing board, right? So 
So he went and got his dad as a trainer, and his focus was that he wanted to stay on the outside. And maybe Easter took it, you know, too he took it he took it to the extreme. You know, after you getting after you getting beat down and embarrassed in front of fans and all that stuff, you know, you 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 some people tend to take it to the extreme. And I think Easter is a you know, Easter is a guy that I I like. You know, I've only, I, I've met him. I, I sort of not really met him, but you know, just chopped it up with him for a second one time. And the Easter that you see walking to the ring, smiling with a big ass smile on his face, that's how he was when we saw him in the streets. Uh, it's a guy who you think is a nice guy, yeah. and it's a guy that looks like he 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 really wants to win, and he'll do what it takes to win. And we know that we know that the biggest thing about Easter was that he never would use his jab. He wasn't using his long reach. He was going in, he's fighting like he's Paul Williams, right? So maybe he hears this being devastated by Mikey Garcia. You hear this kind of stuff. Um, so you go into extreme mode where all I'm doing is throwing the jab. I'm just doing that all night. And that's what it seemed like he was he was doing. You know, he would get hit by some shots. Uh, to the, you know some looping what was that looping left hands from from Bartholomew whatever his name is and um, it's just like he didn't want to exchange now I don't I don't think that it's that he got beat up so bad that he does, he's scared to exchange I think it's more of uh, more that he just took to extreme and he was showing that hey I can box that's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna box from the outside y'all say I can't do it I'm gonna do it. And it just backfired because that was the worst fight I've ever seen in my life. I almost went to sleep on it, to tell you the truth. I really was, but I just didn't – I just wanted to make sure JP didn't go uh, three for three this weekend with his pick, so we would have to hear that nonsense yeah. today. So I yeah, stayed up, uh, <laughs> and, you know, you know, so we got we got blessed with the draw. And, you know, it was a blessing in disguise that Easter didn't win. But <laughs> I had it – I pretty much had it a draw. Um, it was it was like Easter would do some work, then the other guy, Bartholomew, would hit him with some good body shots, and it was like nobody really wants to win, you know. Bartholomew's a Cuban guy, so he has he's a Cuban boxer, so he has an excuse. Um, Easter, I don't know what his excuse is, but you know he didn't lose. He said, like you said, he said they're gonna run it back. Whenever he started throwing punches, he had he, the guy was just folding up, and he could do it, but. He he decided he didn't want to do that, and I think it was just it just backfired on him, man. So I agree with the draw. Yeah. Um, it was a poor way to end the card that only had a, you know, one exciting fight, and that was that was the first one of the night. That only lasted two rounds. So yeah, Easter, I he I he hasn't lost me. He hasn't lost me, but that one right there, that was a snooze fest. Yeah, like you mentioned, um, or like I was saying from the jump, like uh, fans from either side will definitely have their point of view from the fight. And how you mentioned when we met Easter, like just uh, a joyful guy, cool, like wasn't one of those guys who was a a little irritated because we did see him at the weigh-in. And sometimes fighters when they're making weight might be uh, a little agitated or, or a little jumpy and things of that nature. Great guy. Great guy, even in defeat. You know, funny, humble character, 
uh, just seems like one of those guys you'd like to have around your circle. That's not going to sway my judgment in the fight, as it did not yours, obviously, because we both agreed with the draw. And I think that that tells a lot about people who even uh, might have been favorably pulling for Robert Easter Jr., that we still agreed with the draw. Not necessarily like, yo, he got away with the fight. Like, yo, just give him a draw and it'll be all right. No, I think it was justifiably a draw. So uh, just to put that out there for anybody who's a Bartholomew fan or or Easter hater or anything like that, mm, I think it was a justified decision. And if he's talking about running it back, then they should run it back. But uh, let's take it to JP because if it wasn't for this one fight, JP would have went three for three. And I don't know. How 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 much uh, pats he would have been giving himself on a bat or tooting his own horn, but I know that we would have had to give him that, give him those props where he sit back and and sift his juice. So, uh, JP, you almost had it. You almost went three for three. But sometimes in boxing, man, I, it's always expect the unexpected, and we never expect no goddamn draw in a fight like this. What was your thoughts about this fight, man? Ah, oh, the irony, right? But uh. My shoulder's been dislocated since Friday night from the pats on the back I've been giving myself from my Estrada pick. (laughs) As a matter of fact, both of my shoulders are dislocated because once I dislocated the right one, I went for the pat on the back with the left and broke that shit. But the irony here, man, um, you know, when when we were breaking down this fight, I wanted to, like, as a large part of me, they almost wanted to pick Bartholomew. Reason being, if you recall, because I, I said, so. um, yeah, Bartholomew, I said, Easter's the house fighter, so I guess I'll take Easter. And that was kind of me being torn between the two, because here's the the bottom line here. Easter, and as well as Broner, we'll throw them in the same group, because they're kind of a package deal. They're look-the-part all-stars, man. They are look-the-part all-stars, Easter and Broner. I mean, Easter looks every bit of everything of what we want to see. We want to see, but he's just not refined. We, he looks like he's going to be refined. He looks like he's going to be able to use the jab right. But he can do none of those things at a, a level where he could be even just a tough guy. I mean, he, he doesn't know how to keep his distance or his range. I think the Easter that we kind of fell in love with was a, of, of an uh, attacking guy, a guy who would come forward and put pressure on dudes. And a lot of the, um, the opinion on Easter at that time was like, you know, why is he fighting like this? Maybe he should, he should keep his range. Maybe he should – I think Easter should just go be a Trinidad or a Thomas Hearns. You know, those were tall, long guys, but they were attacking. Easter is now trying yeah. to be on the back foot. I think it's like uh, what Willa touched on saying, you know, once these guys go back to the drawing board, a lot of times they completely abort what's gotten them this far, and they start listening to the critiques, the criticisms, and that's uh, a reason I tip my hat to Wilder. He's never gone out there with all the criticisms we've had on Wilder and his lack of refined skill. He knows what works for him. Robert Easter at this point does not know what works for him. He's still trying to figure it out. And um, simply put, man, I've I seen a lot of fighters. I think, um, who was it? It was one notable fighter said, no, Devin Haney. Devin Haney said, you know, Robert Easter just ain't that good. He's just not that good, man. And I think we're holding on because the optics, because he's a look-the-part all-star. Still, Adrian Broner still has some cachet in the sport because he's a look-the-part all-star, but really, neither of these dudes got it at the elite level. I think um, 
Bartholomew's job is to come in there and make it an ugly fight. That's what he does. He's going to come yeah. in there and put his head down and throw those wide looping shots, and you know that's that's what he does. So the, the the fight was there for Easter to take. He just couldn't take it. Any guy who's who was good last night would have beat Bartholomew, but Easter's not good. He's just not good, man. Um, I think he's regressed, if anything. I don't think he's he's progressed. I don't think I see a lot of progression out of him or Broner. You know, I don't think either of these guys are much better than we first seen them. So I don't know of him going back and training with his father. I really think these dudes need completely different trainers. I think for these guys, you need a Virgil Hunter. You know, you need somebody to whisper into these motherfuckers' ear, man. Somebody like Virgil can whisper, the you know, the whisper can, you know, light that fire and get him to let his hands go and just – you know, get him to stop second-guessing himself because that's what I've seen a lot of with Easter. Just not sure of anything in that ring, not sure of himself. And, you know, I think at this point, man, I'm going to sell my stock in Robert Easter. Yeah, I, I think that uh, one of the questions I was thinking about was was, was something involved with the, the training or the trainer involved with. But I think, uh, as you mentioned about, uh, us holding on to a certain type of way we feel about Robert Easter, kind of given to the fact of what happened when he had that fight when he first got the strap against Javier Fontuna, a guy who's got 33 victories and that one L being to Robert Easter who took his O. That was a fight that had a lot of fireworks in it, being in Toledo, his hometown and all that stuff, so the crowd was really hyped, and especially that, that, that last round that had happened when Easter buckled him and uh, – a lasting impression that seems so far away from now. Uh, I think that some of us are kind of holding on to that a little bit when uh, you're, you're kind of uh, investing in Robert Easter to have a performance like I did. I expected him to really step his game up, but didn't see it. So I, I'm not sure if it's uh, much to do with the trainer because I'm one of those guys who doesn't give trainers too much respect. For uh, example, like when Manny Pacquiao was on fire uh, years back, I didn't think that if Freddie Roach was in his corner or not, that he wouldn't be on fire the way he was. Sometimes they get too much credit, or sometimes it should be something that's questioned. But um, that's a that's a hot take. So I'll give you that. That's a hot take Sunday when you say that Robert Easter just ain't that good, man. And, and you know, it, it's a hot take, but it's uh it's got some weight behind it. It definitely has something to stand on. So I mean, you know, you might have a point and. Um, if Robert Easter isn't taking care of guys like Bartholomew and, uh, you know, I mean, fuck, you could go down, you, you, you could go down the list um, with uh, Dennis Shavikov, uh, a little midget that he had fought. Um, yeah, the, on, on paper it looks nice, but he's got like 36, 37, 38 wins or something like that. But uh, when you're in a guy, when you're in a ring with a little guy like that, you shouldn't have much problems with it. Um, and I'm sorry, I was I, I, I was uh, I was talking about Richard Comey, not uh, Fontuna at the time. I'm sorry, uh, Richard Comey was when he had picked that 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 W up and picked up that strap for the vacant uh, uh, Intercontinental Boxing or Federation World Lightweight Title. But at the same time, though, he kind of hold on to some of those fights because the Comey fight that he had had that was a uh, uh, that was an entertaining ass fight, and uh, it didn't work out the way uh, the way some of his other fights did kind of built him up to come out to beat. So it's a rough one, man. I'm not so sure if you blame it on 
the the trainer, anything like that. I just think that, you know, you, you kind of have to throw those excuses out the window. I've done, I've been through those out the window with Adrian Broner. If he if he lets his hands go, I can't. You just can't say that every time. So hopefully that's not the case with Robert Easton Jr. And if they run it back, uh, maybe round thirteen and moving forward will be a lot better. But uh, Willa takes saying that Robert Easton might not be good. You buying or selling that, man? I'm not selling it. I mean, I'm not buying it or selling it at this point right now. We got to see what we got. Because, you know, like you said, he had a close call, close win against Komei. Komei is now a champion, correct? So, you know, to say he ain't got what it takes, I'm not going to take it that far at this point. You know, it looked like to me, the way he talked and the way he did. See, the thing is, Adrian Broner, we've seen different. We haven't seen a different Adrian Broner. So to compare him to him is crazy because we've seen this was a whole different Easter. This was an Easter that was just sitting back, boxing, throwing the jab, throwing the one-two, waiting the counter. It wasn't a guy that was going in and smothering his punches and doing that. You know what I'm saying? So this was a different Easter. He tried to switch something up. He isn't stuck where he was. He's trying to do something different or I say it's different, but for some reason they say they're taking it back to the basics. So he's just going back to the basics, whatever that means. But I'm not going to say it's over, but it might be. The reason why he wasn't throwing any punches, maybe it's because he was to the extreme the way I think it is, or maybe it's because he's done and he doesn't want to get in there and mix it up. I'm not sure about that. I don't think this one performance says he doesn't. Um, It just, you know, to me, I'm leaning more towards, he tried to do something new, and he took it to the extreme. Because it's not like he was getting hurt. It's not like he was getting hit and was hurt with shots. It's it's not like any anything like that was hurting. I mean, what's happening. You know, I, I don't think he's done yet. But he might be. But in, in my personal opinion, I think he'll be all right. JP? Uh, man, I think he got that same syndrome. I think – I hope not. It's a little premature, but I'll just for the sake of conversation go out there and say he got that PTSD, the same PTSD that Maidana gave Broner. I think Mikey gave to uh, Easter, and that PTSD is you don't let your hands go. You know, once you certain guys are adverse, you you got to understand, man. And none of us know until we get there. Nobody knows until you at that threshold of where you say, whoa, you get punched, you're hurt. Now you got a decision to make when you're on that doorstep. Do I keep fighting or do I hold on? And this is a decision that each guy has to make. Some guys say, I'll fight. Some guys say, I can't risk getting, you know, knocked out in front of people. I think that's why Adrian Broner doesn't let his hands go. Because in Adrian Broner's mind, he can save face far better by being able to say, hey, I ain't been knocked out. He'd rather hold his hands and make sure he's braced and ready for those punches he'll take rather than be caught in the middle of a punch and get knocked out. And that's a business decision. And I think both those guys suffer from that, and they've made that decision. Like, I'm not getting knocked out in front of everybody. And, you know, you could say that lacks warrior spirit because it gets uh, – it gets into a gray area there where we say, well, that's a tough guy. You can't knock him out. Well, you know, it's hard to knock out a guy who's not fighting. 
You know what I mean? And Adrian Broner could arguably have been knocked out several times if he was willing to actually fight in certain circumstances. But, no, he's kind of hanging on and hanging in there so he doesn't get knocked out. So, I don't know, man. It's a little premature to make a But, you know, Bellamy Bellamy wasn't fighting either, though. You know what I'm saying? So, they were both standing around. It wasn't like he was running away from the guy that was coming to, you know. You know, so it's hard to say. But it might, you, it could yeah. be right. I mean, after ass whooping, you could fold up. But if yeah. Bellamy didn't give him a reason to fold, it just looked like he was waiting. They was waiting. They was both in the same, you know, holding. Yeah, and Francis is always in an ugly fight, you know, because he's, he's an ugly Cuban fighter who swings with his head down and looping wild punches, you know. So you got to, he, he's also knockout bait. You know, if somebody, you know, with that kind of fighter, you catch them good, you can get you a highlight reel knockout. But, you know, I, I figured I almost wanted to pick Bartholomew because I felt like I don't know if if, if uh, our boy Easter has it in him. I don't know that. I, I can't say for certain. If I had to say, I'd say no, but we will, we'll have to see. The story's still, still to be told. Yeah, it definitely is, man. Uh, Robert Easter's always been cool. With me, when me and Willa met him over in LA, uh, we exchanged messages. He's a cool cat, man. I like the guy, and I hope for the best for him. This just wasn't one of his best performances for whatever reason. For whatever reason, it wasn't one of his best performances, and you know, it could be for uh, reasons that are uh, excusable, or it could just be for you know, the 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 proof not being in the pudding. So um, we'll see if they run it back. And if we have a similar type of uh, outcome or output by Robert Easter, then we could just chalk it up as that. So, um, but, you know, hope for the best for the guy. So good job by Bartholomew being more than just an opponent in a fight. And uh, hopefully if they could run it back, that it would be more entertaining than we've seen last night. But, uh, you know, moving along, so let's take it to Friday because that was one of the fights that, um, it had a little bit of controversy around it. Not necessarily about the outcome that it happened, but as far as what Juan Francisco Estrada had did in that entire fight and the scorecards being as close as they were, um, you know, no, you, you had the, you had two 115s and then you had a 116. When really, I mean, Coming from my standpoint, even though that I had was going, not had was going for Sirasket Solunga side winning the fight, that you know he probably that's his AKA. Yeah, you want to hear on that? Yeah, because his real name is William Max, whatever. We were trying to figure out what the hell it was on the last show, but yeah, that's yeah. He's AKA that extra name, Storm B side Ariari. Yeah, 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 no. <laughs> I I remember, I, I remember, I was there. But I remember, I was, uh, I was there. I, I I wasn't able to understand what the hell was going on with that, but I still consider him Sarasquez Sorongasai. So until someone can, until he tells me something else, I'm gonna consider him as that. But uh, man, you know, honestly, Willis, 2016 or 17, 2017 outside his boxing podcast fighter of the year, Sarat Rungasai for knocking off. Uh, believed at the time number one pound for pound fighter Chocolatito once and twice 
by a vicious knockout. Uh, I don't know who the fuck told him that fighting orthodox would have been a great idea for a fight. We all know him as a southpaw who, you know, packed that heavy hand. But coming in this fight orthodox really didn't do him no favors. But neither here nor there as far as excuses go. Uh, I said controversy by way of, damn, Estrada must have had a fucking perfect fight. You know, 10-2, 11-1, shutout in order to get some respect on the scorecards because they had it a lot closer than it really was. I probably had it about eight rounds to four for Estrada. Um, you know, <laughs> it wasn't really something that kind of it, it surprised me a lot, but then the, the strategy surprised me more than that. But, um, man, Estrada, this one JP had called and was expecting to see happen. And it, it turned out that way. Estrada really put on a, a a clinic when it comes to getting hit or, or hitting and not getting hit. And he did that against Sorongwesai, and he picked up the new strap. And really a fight that I did not think was that close. And it's going to – honestly, it's going to worry me about a possible third fight because uh, – for people who follow Lungbasai's career, when he was a uh, when he first started off, I believe he was zero and three and one, zero and two and one, something like that. Before he picked up the picked up the steam, and uh, you know, really probably looked like a bum at the time of his first four fights, and um, you know, picked up ahead of steam, showed that power that he had, and all this and that. You know, the rest is written history. But man, Friday night, it was not looking good for Buddy. You know, the judges, in my opinion, helped out as much as they could, but it wasn't doing enough justice. Um, a fight that I had said on paper and on social media outlets with some of the homies at the Boxing Boys talking about, man, this one has fight of the year potential. It did not turn out that way. Um, and she ended up holding the L for that fight. Wrong on both parts on my behalf. Willa, what happened in that fight? Like, for me... I don't know why he went orthodox. Should have stuck to Southpaw. Here nor there. Maybe he's trying to change too much and, and, and biting the the bad end of it. But Longside got worked. And he passed over that strap to Estrada. Thomas de Caballeros. The new. That's what happened. And Longside is going to have to go back to the drawing board for an exponential amount of time when it comes to what the fuck he's going to do going into a possible third fight when it comes to rematch clauses. It's try to work it, man, and I was really surprised about that. What was your thoughts on this fight, Willa? Oh, man. Yeah, I went into it thinking we were going to have a good a good slugfest, uh, sort of like the first fight. Uh, I thought, you know, um, Sore and Beast, I would be a little too big for Estrada. And – you know, even though he was eating the punches, like you said, it was he was getting worked. I think, you know, I started, you know, I started getting my my eyes started getting heavy around the fifth or sixth round. Uh, I had a shutout damn near at that point, so I don't know what the scores were, um, but I know to me it looked like it was no way Soren Bisay was going to be able to uh, land anything, you know, of any importance. He was too slow in there. Uh, Strada was in there going in and out, boxing him. Um, you know, he looked real good in there. Uh, JP called it. Um, you know, we got to give him credit for that. Yeah, Soren B. Tyson is too old. He might have got too old overnight. Um, 
and he was slow in there. He was very, very slow. But maybe you're right. Maybe because he wasn't soft call. You know, I really even didn't think about that until you just said that. Because I was thinking like, yeah, I've seen we've we've seen him fight a little more like Manny Pacquiao, when he would just like lunge in, throwing the you know the the uh, the jab and then the straight left. You know, that's how he. But he wasn't doing that because right, he was boxing orthodox. I don't know what the hell he was doing. He was eating punches. He was too slow. Maybe in the third fight, maybe that was all a setup for the third fight. We'll see. But he got worked. You you know, you're 100% right. From what I saw from, my, you know, I got a little sleepy at a back. But from the probably 10 rounds that I saw, it was a, a sweep. Yeah. Yeah, same here. I'm not going to lie. You know, <laughs> going into that sixth round, like, what's going on? <laughs> what are we doing here? But it worked out that way, and Estrada had a masterful game plan, and it just so happened that something he probably didn't expect with so wrong side going uh, orthodox just worked out more in his favor. JP, you called this one, but I don't know if you expected that part about, about this rematch going into uh, things you want to change as far as the rematch goes. But nonetheless, man, you had this one on the head, and, uh, man, this one is all leading towards the third fight, but I'm not nowhere near as confident. Not being a prisoner of the moment, but I'm not nowhere near as confident as I was going into a third fight as I was coming into the second fight with the the change of stylistically fighting against a guy like Estrada. Um, it really does have a Pacquiao Marquez type of feel written all over it, but this might turn into a good rivalry if we could get back to uh, what had happened the first fight instead of the second fight. Because if we get more of the second fight and the third fight, well, it's going to be a complete wash, and it might be a complete shutout. I gave 8-4, but uh, it might be a complete wash. And what did you think when you seen this fight? Because, man, I was calling fight of the year. Possibly. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. Just on this fight, my guy. Well, man, the writing was on the wall to me. There's very few things we can take as as learning out of fights because each fight is different. You know, it's hard to take anything away from a fight you've seen and then at, apply that as as a measure for judging fights in fights after. One thing that I've been able to use as a, a gauge in boxing <clears throat> is when you have a draw, a tight fight with a a boxer and a brawler, and they're going to rematch. Usually, it's the it's the boxer that gets the better in the rematch. Nine times out of ten, that first fight, that boxer may have tried to fight too much. You know, they sometimes a boxer will try to fight. While Marquez learned over time with Manny Pacquiao, I can't get into a firefight with this dude. I got to time that, that lunging right hand and catch him. But I cannot sit up here and sit in the pocket with this fool. He'll rearrange my face. And that's what Emmanuel Warmel, JMM learned over those years while fighting Manny Pacquiao. But the point is, it's yep. the download. It's the ability to adjust. It's Mayweather versus Maidana Part 1 and Mayweather versus Maidana Part 2. You know, it's the boxer who is the guy who's going to be able to make the adjustments while the, the brawler, the, 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 the strong guy, the guy who's coming forward and putting on all the pressure, 
he that's what he can do. That's what he's going to do. That's what he's done his whole career. And so what you'll mostly see is the, the boxer be able to make those adjustments. Um, if you had caught this fight, if we'd caught these guys fighting seven years ago, maybe five years ago, then there'll be, there'd be validity for a third fight. But here there is none. Um, like I said, Estrada's the fresher fighter. That said, he's, he's, he's just going to beat this guy even easier a third time around. Sarung Vasai is worn. He's fighting at these smaller weights. He's come up through those smaller ranks. You're done at this point as, as being a small fighter. You don't, you're not able to go into your mid-30s being a smaller fighter for the most part. But, um, uh, yeah, it went exactly how I thought it would, man. I didn't expect to see Sarung Vasai come out orthodox. That was a mistake. Um, reminds me of... Um, when Andre Berto tried to come out doing a shoulder roll all fucking night and got his face swelled up, you know, you, you got to stick to what got you there. You know, you can add yep. to what got you there, but you cannot come out here and throw what you've done to get you there out the window while you're in the middle of your professional career. It doesn't work. Yep. So I think that was a mistake by Team Rung Vasai. But, yeah, Estrada – like I said, man, probably the, one of the sharper dudes in the game right now. Top three, certainly. Probably number one in my book. Um, I expected him to just pick this guy apart too slow. You'd be able to uh, really read him better. The third fight, there's no need for it. Uh, Sarung Vasai, to me, was, I don't know his career prior to when we seen him on HBO. But got a lot of hype, man. You know, this was during this Chocolatito um, you know, Saran Vasai, this is basically a, a, a big old ploy by HBO, you know, and elevating the guys that they have on their promotion. And, and you know, Chocolatito was the number one fighter in the world for, for some point in time. And we had the guy just bust on the scene, and now we had him pound for pound. And, you know, same thing with Saran Vasai, Manuwe, these, these guys, we, we barely get to see them, and they come over here, and all of a sudden they're on the top five pound for pound list. By the time they fight some stiff competition here within their three fights, we see that, you know, they aren't quite what we thought they were. So, you know, man, no hats off to both, but I just think Sarung Vasai probably seen his best day as a boxer, man. I don't think there's a lot left in that gas tank at the at the top level. He's, he's nothing like Manny Pacquiao. You know, he looks like him, casts like him and all that, but he fights flat-footed. And always has. He's 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 a plotter to some degree. He's not on his toes. So if you're not on your toes, you can't be Manny Pacquiao, because Manny Pacquiao is Mr. Toes. So yeah, man, good fight though. Um, but exactly what I expected to say. Like I said, I dislocated both my shoulders, talking shit and several boxing threats to <laughs> homies, just talking so much shit, boy. So you know you gotta gloat. You gotta bathe in the sun when you get these shits right because like you said if you're going three for 20 with boxing predictions you're shooting at a high percentage oh yeah you could you could, you could compare that to being a slugger in baseball being exactly three out of 10, you know <laughs> you, you get into that hall of fame <laughs> they call me barry yeah, bonds you know, no barry bonds wasn't on that bullshit stop that <clears throat> you can't be talking about barry like that Let's talk about Barry like that. That's disrespectful. No, Barry's the best slugger of all time. That's all I'm saying. If we're comparing picks to slugging, that's all I was saying. Yeah. There's no shot okay. at Barry. Barry's the GOAT. 
Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. He is. Hands down, the man. Guy. He is, man. But shit, you know, JP was all over it. I should have thought about it that way. Uh, when the first fight had happened, Wungasai had really just kind of, uh, he kind of was, he, he got the fight because of that, that strong hand that he had when he was in his southpaw's dance that really rocked Estrada. And when he didn't have those shots that would give similar buzz, or shots to any of that effect, well, you know, you're not going to pull away with it, especially going orthodox. It just wasn't happening. Um, now, I don't know. I would think that they're going to have a third fight. JP doesn't sound like they would. Uh, I, I'm not sure if they want to go that route immediately or, you know, try to have a little bit of a buildup before with the tune-up for Rungasai or whatever, whatever, or mandatory, depending on what it would be. Um, but good point by JP because look, man, back when Triple G and Chocolatito were tag teaming HBO with 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 Chocolatito being the undercard and Golovkin being the headline, they did about two or three times, I think. And um, at the time, I think we were over at OTG at the time. Well, uh, me and you, we were we weren't buying the fact that Chocolatito was number one pound for pound. Uh, and and maybe he was just kind of given that, that title for wins that really weren't that great of wins, and a guy like Mungasai came out of nowhere and picked up the W against a guy who was mythologically believed number one but really wasn't number one. Maybe he got extra clout that uh, I'm not going to say wasn't deserved or wasn't earned, but it just wasn't uh, necessarily the, the proof in that pudding. So, um Hard to say. Maybe he was uh, just in the right place at the right time, you know, similar to Jaime Munguia well, against the guy. Go ahead. Will. I would say I would say you I would say that you it, it, it's the right place at the right time. Chocolatito wasn't the pound for number one pound for pound at that point because Andre Ward was the number one pound for pound, I believe, right? So it wasn't. It wasn't like I said he wasn't one of the top fighters. We got to remember, Chuck Tito was a little, little, little guy, even smaller than you, RC. So I'm talking about my minuscule, a uh, small what you mean guy. Even smaller. So when he, than that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He's even shorter than I think the five six two are. Minuscule. So, so, so what I'm saying is, you know, he came up there and fought. I think he fought well. So uh, Soren Bisa, who was strong, and he was a southpaw, and he wasn't, and and they got he just got in the war, and he was just too small. I think uh, that was a good win for Soren Bisa, uh, Soren Bisa, whatever the hell his name is. I think that was a good win for him, you know. But he was at the right place at the right time. But that was a good win for him. I mean, he just beat up a smaller guy, but that guy was a top five pound for pound guy in the sport. So, you know. It might have been a setup, but I don't. I don't. I don't think it was. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think Chocolatito was ever definitely not number one, because we hadn't seen them. You got to understand that we got we got a story of this man. HBO is what do the HBO does best? Documentaries, right? And they gave us this fucker story. He just popped up you know, on the radar, and it was like, this guy has been kicking ass for the past nine years, and he's come through this many divisions, and then we've seen him fight like like Brian Valoria, and, you know, just a bunch of whatevers, 
And we were like, well, yeah, yeah, he's the greatest. And then I went to the Great Western Forum and seen Estrada close this shit up and them still give him the win. So I was like, yeah, no, he's definitely not all that they talking about. That's when I knew it was bullshit. So I don't – HBO is good at, you know, they blew Triple G through the roof, you know, without really fighting anyone of note. You know, still to this day, the best person Triple G's beat well, he ain't even beat Canelo, but, you know, I, the Canelo story is a whole nother story. Man, I, I, like a, yeah, well I, well, I feel Triple G won both fights, but, you know, it, they they put the guy on the pedestal early, early, early. Before the Can- Canelo fights, he was already, you know, people were arguing for the top spot. You got to beat somebody, man. I don't want to hear – you know, you've been on this win streak this long. It's not the quantity. I need the quality. And I know boxing, the boxing criteria is clouded and everyone has their reasons. And, look, it's not how many you've beat. It's who you've beat. And I think that should be, like, the, the, the ground fundamental of how we judge, you know, judging these fighters, not, not how many people you might have beat consecutively, and that's – just what the division had to offer, you've been fighting mandatory. You gotta beat somebody. So, you know, that's a story for another day, man. I'm um starting to rant on spiral down a different different hole than we going down here. Yeah, man. Quantity over quality is definitely something that that should be taken into account for. We have to look that up though, man. Because if Chocolatito wasn't number one, he was definitely number two. Willis said top five, he was inside the top three though. Like, no, 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 no. I can say him. he was one at no, a time. Some people had him number one. Yeah, no, some yeah, people had so him too. number one. But I'm saying the reason why I said he wasn't number one, you know, you were saying that me and you were arguing that he wasn't number one. The reason why I said he wasn't number one was because it was obvious Andre Ward was number one at that point in time. So anybody that didn't have Andre Ward at number one was just a fucking idiot. I think it was you a know. lot of people, though. I don't think Ward got the notch. Right, right, one, right. But there was a lot of idiots. Yeah. Right, but it was a lot oh, of fucking yeah, that's idiots. True. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is you know, true. Ward's, Ward is, uh, uh, yeah, Ward is a guy nobody wants to, you know, nobody really likes. So, you know, they weren't giving him his credit, even though he was the best fighter in the world. That is true. That is true. Uh, a couple of weeks back, me and JP had talked about on his uh, on his podcast that, uh, you know, we talked about Scar a little bit, and I think that that one kind of from uh, The Lion King where Scar says, I'm surrounded by idiots. That shit, you know, it, it told me a lot as a kid, and it kind of speaks around to this, this, certain, this certain extent where people are in the boxing world. Uh, a lot of idiots involved with it. <laughs> oh, he looked away first. Uh, yeah, all that good stuff. But, man, hey, look, man, um, it, whether it was at the right place at the right, right time for Storm Visa. I don't know, but it might seem that way after this uh, masterpiece that Estrada put on yesterday. And full credit, give it to him. Full credit. Uh, I want to see the third fight, if they can make it happen, and see if there's going to be any adjustments. Go back to getting on that southpaw stance and see what you can do with that load up. But, you know, at this point in time, you know, Estrada took him to school, and I don't think he has a problem with packing his bags, getting his lunch, and getting back in there with him and having any kind of a uh, political screw job, potentially. Like I said, they had a 116, 112, which was a that was more of the uh, respectable cards. But they did have two 115s to 113 when there's no way it was that close. 
There's no way it was that close. So um, it'd be interesting to see how the scoring goes, if it goes to the cards the next time these guys get it on. Um, not sure how, how old Rung Vasai is, but um, that'll definitely come into account too. But <clears throat> a fight that I thought was going to be a lot better didn't turn out that way. I want to say he's around uh, 32 or something like that. I think it was like 28 versus 32, if I'm if I remember correctly. That's that's not too bad. That's not too bad actually. But um, that's not too bad. No, it is bad for a nigga that's 115. Ain't they winning 115? You know, if you're yeah, 30, little you 115, that's like yeah, that's like uh, that's like being 40, 42 probably. Hey, well, I don't know how much you weigh right now. I'm gonna guess about like maybe 220 or something like that. How many? Do uh, you think uh, if you fought like two? Little guys around 115, you'd be all right, or you'd be in some trouble. No, nah, two little guys 115, that'll probably be easy work. <laughs> probably easy work for me. <laughs> two regular little guys, it can't be them two little guys. Them two little guys. No, them two. Yeah. Up. Nah, they too. First of all, they're too short, and they're too small. You gotta understand. <laughs> I can pick a nigga that's 115. I can pick him up. I can pick him up with one hand. <laughs> I can probably knock these guys' heads together, though, like I'm under the giant. Here we go. Messiah and Estrada at the same time. <laughs> exactly. Right. I'm like under the giant, dog. I grab these boys. I do a double choke slam Cut on them, dog, and then boy. knock their heads together, though. Easy. I, Easy I, work. Look, I haven't met you yet, man, but I, I'm, I'm envisioning Thanos. Uh, you're Thanos <laughs> to me. <laughs> Thanos. <laughs> exactly. That's about it. Oh, man. That's about it, dog. Shit. That's about Y'all it. seen that yeah, Avengers right, game yet? Y'all seen that Avengers yet? Well, I've seen it. Yeah, I, I saw it. it. Yeah, well, we can we get a, a, I gave it. I gave it a B. A B? It ain't the coldest of the cold. I'm hearing everybody on Twitter like, you know, it's the coldest. You know the the hardest one yet. That's what I'm. No, nah, that's sentimental that's value. Yeah, that's emotional and sentimental value. If you step back from all that, all the emotion and the ten year build up and the sentimental value of it, it's not really. That. It's not really. That's what's giving it a B plus. To, I mean, a B to me because it had the sentimental value. If it wasn't, if this was just a, a movie, we might be watching a just a regular movie that came out. We might be watching a C a C plus film. <laughs> Really, and, you know, I, and I've heard that too. I've heard that too, man. You know what's funny about it is people that I know that are big Marvel fans are like, I can't wait for this movie to come out. It's gonna be the best movie ever. They tell me after <laughs> it's over, it's a ten out of ten. It's a great movie. I could have guessed that they were gonna say it's a great movie in ten out of ten before they even seen it. I could have also guessed after Will had seen it, he was gonna somehow shortchange it. And, and discredit. But I, I, I could have, I could have predicted understand. that too. No. Yeah. This, this is yeah, that is. I wanted to see it happen, though. I wanted to watch this movie. I thought it was gonna be the bomb too. I was like, all right, and it was good. But Infinity Wars was better. I didn't shit on Infinity Wars. Everybody said Infinity Wars was the bomb. I said, hey, yo, Infinity Wars was the bomb. This just wasn't. This wasn't Infinity Wars, though. It was Infinity Wars too, and that's never as good. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, well, uh, but you always you always go yeah he man, always raining on the short parade. Change. Yeah, he always raining on a parade. Always. Am I raining on Game of Thrones? Come on, dog! I just gave Game of Thrones. You probably gonna say it's whack tonight. We gonna see. I might. I keep it real. <laughs> I, hey, I, I keep it real. Gonna be like, like oh, it wasn't all that, dog. 
if they if they let me down, they let me down, dog. Well, and of course, yeah, I heard my man, that. my man Thanos <laughs> is up in there getting his ass whooped the whole time. No, he ain't. But with, that's neither here nor there. You don't want to hear. You don't want to hear the whole story, do you? <laughs> I mean, I could break it down for you, but we, you know, nobody's yeah, gonna no, listen. We'll, <laughs> no, we'll, we'll save that. We'll save that, man. I think I'm gonna get in there probably sometime. Well, no, not this week. I probably wait another two weeks or something like that. You know, just to be able to see whenever it gets going. But somebody who was getting his ass whooped the whole time, moving along, Krill Relic. Man, you guys ever heard about Krill Relic headlining anything? Because that's who Regis Progress is in the WBA champion. I don't know how he is the WBA champion because, you know, I was going to give you the, the, the sound bites and the notes from, from Regis Progress, but he's just talking nonsense. Talking nonsense. Am I top 10 pound for pound yet? No. I beat a guy who damn near ain't been quick. Like, you want to make fun of Shannon Sharp and the things he said, well, I was waiting for you to give me some, some, some quotes of Regis Progress because, uh, you know, his – his words were about as bad as his tattoo that he has in the middle of his chest. Terrible. But that's neither here nor there. I don't tear down brothers like that, unlike some people. <clears throat> but yeah, no, he was hey. just talking. Yeah, he wasn't. There's a difference between trying to act <laughs> like you're talking, <laughs> talk like you're, you're smart, and just talking. You know, if a guy's talking, I'm not going to criticize a guy for being himself and talking. If a guy's trying to act like he's smarter than me and he sounds like an idiot, then I'm going to say what he is. Or if a guy's cooning like our guy Uncle Shannon is, well, you know, which oh, cooning is sometimes man. funny. I enjoy cooning. Everybody enjoys cooning. Cooning is comedy, <laughs> but it is what he's doing. Uncle Shannon is cooning every day, and it's funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> Damn, JP, you agree with that? Right there? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, he Willa doesn't like how Wilder speaks. He doesn't like how Wilder speaks. I don't think Wilder's trying to sound smart, you know. I just think Willa, who is cooning himself, has a problem <laughs> with country dialect, you know, with a country twang. I, that's what I think, and that's cooning. You got some marshmallows uh. over the fire right now, Willa. <laughs> no, I'm really, I got the steak. I got the steak getting ready, dog. But yeah, you know, that's neither here nor there. You know, Progloss yeah. is a country cat from yeah. New Orleans, so I know exactly how he's going to talk, and that's exactly how he talks, like he, I suspected uh, him, him to. Yeah, you know, that the, uh, the, them gloves sure did back up the talk, though. Because he beat the shit out of this man. Uh, I mean, just, I mean, uh, you, you've seen a lot of the, uh, I hate whenever I see a guy who's a, you know, a champion, but when they get caught with something, end up looking like Eric the drummer boy Molina. Uh, and I'm talking about that body shot that had happened in the first round where Relic had, you know, caught himself open up, that body shot to the right side, and turned around without going down, and you had Regis Progress chasing him around the ring, looking very amateur, trying to get him out of there before the round had ended. And, uh, I mean, you know, he busted him up, beat him down pretty good. And Regis Progress, you know, I felt bad for I felt bad for Relic, man. He was a he was um he was a kitten thrown in the lion's den. And it really showed. Regis Progress beat the shit out of him. He had a lot of quotes to say afterwards. And he looked really good in there, man. He looked really good in there. 
Now, I'm not so sure that Relic would have been able to walk around after getting caught from a shot from Jose Ramirez, but that's here nor there. I don't know. But bottom line is, Regis Progress looked great, and I give him an A-plus for his efforts. Well, uh, you know, that's saying a lot for me. So how did you think that Regis Progress looked picking up the WBO strategy did on the zone? Man, hey, Regis Progress is a guy, Progray is the guy that I uh, – that I've been, you know, I fuck with. Like I said, from the Gulf Coast, I'm a Gulf Coast guy. You know, New Orleans gave us things like uh, No Limit, uh, Cash Money, Young mm-hmm. Cash Money, you know, Juvenile, Mystical, one of my favorites, Silk the Shocker, Master P. You know, the list goes on and on. And this guy represents that, and he does it well. Power, a lot of in and out, a lot of defense. Man, I think the guy, this was, you know, he was looking, that was masterful. That was a, that was a masterful performance he put on yesterday. Um, and he did a good job. Now, this guy, Relic, or whatever, you know, he, was, he, he seemed like a tough guy. Now, oh, let me rewind it. Let's rewind it all the way back. That card was the worst card I've ever seen in my life. I actually I watched it all because it came on at seven o'clock. Nothing was popping. I was able to check it out. First guy they had a guy. He said he hurt his arm in the second round. He couldn't fight. Second fight, a guy hurt his arm in the first round. He couldn't fight. Third fight was a good was a guy light skinned cat. I think his last name was Hill. I'm not sure who he was. He knocked the guy out in the second round. He was, he looked like he was he was the real deal. Doing a lot of body work. Guy from uh, New Orleans. He looked like he might be the real deal. I'll be checking out on him. In fact, when JP's talking, I'm going to get his name so I can make sure I give him his proper due. Then the next fight was the uh, Donere fight. Well, I guess we'll talk about that. And then after that, it was the, uh, it was the progress fight. So the, the fights were so short at the beginning, even with the, uh, even with the, the uh, Donere fight, that – during the broadcast, they showed the entire fight against Regis Progress and whoever he fought last. He whoever he fought last time in the last uh, in the last chapter of the tournament, whatever it's called, the last p- part of the tournament. So there was so much space in between that they were showing the entire fight. They showed relics entire a lot of relics fight before to get to that next fight, and he looked like he was an all right guy. He was getting punished by the by the guy he was fighting. There was some bum I never heard of, I don't believe. But Relic looked like he was okay. So I thought it was going to be a good fight seeing the highlights. They did a good job of getting me hype. Went in there, whooped his ass for the WBA. Bill, very proud whooped of him. Ass. Uh, yeah, that was an ass whooping. That was masterful. A++. You know, that was an A+. I'm not mad at it. Um, we'll see. You know, he is the top ranked. Uh, Ring TV, uh, light, what are they, super lightweights or, yeah, super lightweight. And the guy I think that's fighting on the other side is Josh Kelly or Josh somebody from the U.K. He's the number two. I don't think he has any belts, but this will be for, like, the best. If they fight in the finals, which they should, it will be a a top-notch fight for the best guy at 140, you know, Ramirez being number three and Hooker being number four now, so. Got a lot, got a lot going on in that super middle, uh, that super lightweight, and that was a great win by Regis Progress. Ruggeroo came in with his son. 
And now the zone, what the zone has is they have that, their entrances are pretty dope. How they do it, they walk out, guy gets on a little pedestal, they say his name, you know, Regis Progress had his son in there with his gloves on and his little Rougarou uh, um, mask. Very, very cool. And then they got the lights, and then the lights come in, and they tell them to go in the ring. So, yeah, the zone did a good job with that, but car was trash. Progress did a great job, A++. plus plus. I'm giving that a. I'm giving that a little extra credit. That was a 103. That was a curve breaker. Okay. All right. You, you're gonna get my A plus plus. Okay. Well, <clears throat> yeah, he did pretty good. So, uh, you know, yeah, might give him a lot of credit and stuff like that. Yeah. He did pretty good. He's a, he's a good little fighter. He's a pretty good little guy. I'll give him that. Um, yeah. It's, it's a good performance plan. If I gave him an A+, plus, I might be going down to just a regular A, since you want to give him an extra plus and things like that. But whatever, whatever. JP, also another one that he could add in, into his chestnut and, and and put another feather on his cap for, which was predicting this one. That, yeah. 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 <laughs> but JP, man, all jokes aside, we just put guys like really good, man. He put the mints on him. And he put them on very heavily and put them and got them out of there and made it look like, as you would say, easy work. Uh, he's over here asking him on pop and pound, the top ten pop and pound list. I joke around by saying no, but I'm being serious by saying no. But he's definitely someone that could possibly get up there in the foreseeable future. What do you think about Regis Progress' performance this week? Great performance. Very happy for Regis Progress. Um, <clears throat> just put everybody on notice. Put the boxing world on notice. We have a new guy in boxing. You know, he kicked in the door, you know, broke through like the Kool-Aid man. You feel me? Like, I'm here. Notice me. So good for him. You know, he just increased <laughs> his He just increased his purse, you know, just from the impact of the performance. That's why it's so vital that these guys come out and have impactful performances because now, you know, I think that increases the value of him. And, you know, now TV wants to see him more. All these things happen for him. So now he's put some demand under his name. Um, I can't take the full credit for this fight. I did call, you know, Regis winning the fight, but it didn't go exactly how I thought it would go. I thought this could potentially be a fight of the year. I thought this would be the fight where you could potentially see Pro Gray being tested by his opponent, since we haven't seen that yet. Um, I thought Relic was that guy who could really push him and bring out the best. But what we really what we've seen is you know Pro Gray just blow him out of there, just loading up, getting leverage, and you know making every shot count. <clears throat> and, but it's something I have alluded to though. I had alluded to. Um, his relationship with the Charlos. And I don't, you know, everybody has a, has the Charlos, you know, at a different rating per, per se. But one thing about the Charlos is that, like, they hard-nosed. Like, I could imagine training camps with them, and especially before it was professional. Um, you know, these is like hard-nosed dudes who go in there and, and getting after it. And so, like I said, Progray, and we came to see – had been raised up close with these dudes. We don't know the the details of that relationship yet, but now we know, you know, it's a thing. 
And he, I think his thing is like, I've been fighting them my whole life. So like he said, man, look, these dudes at 140, too little for me. I'm going to beat all these niggas up I, because I think Pro Gray, the country boy ass, ain't really probably had the proper, you know, sanctioning, just been fighting, just been fighting dudes. Fuck it. I don't, it don't matter if he bigger. I'll, I'll fight him. And so when you get that, you get a dude who's just a, a beast, you know, and I believe him when he says these dudes at 140 is too small for him. I think he'll blow Ramirez out of there. Now we'll start to get – We'll start to have some demand. The public will start to demand because his his performance was so impressive. We're going to want to see him again. And anytime we're talking about anybody at the 140-pound division, you're going to have to mention his name from here on out. So great to see it. Didn't know he was going to, like, blow through the guy in that fashion. I could see it had being a knockout, but I didn't know it was going to be so dominant, one-sided. I thought Relic would have his moments and at time make Pro Gray, you know, second-guess himself. But not the case. All that said, that just makes me even more higher on Pro Gray. Excited to see him. Um, happy for him, man. I'm sure this check and the next check will be life-changing for him. And just happy happy for that guy. Yeah, he, he really did, man. He he showed out and, and, and is going to make himself somewhat – uh, a force to be reckoned with in the division. I don't know if he blows Ramirez out the water. Obviously, I, I, Ramirez is one of my boys, so um, I'm a ride with him. Regardless, if he does blow him out the water, but man, you know politics, politics, man. <laughs> Keep me real with you, but um, he's uh, when he sleeps, politics ain't gonna stop him from going to sleep. Hey, he's gonna put him to no. sleep, dog. And like you said, and yeah. and and the funny thing is, so I uh, I hoop. I work out with this guy's name is Leonard Lane. He's a uh, he was a boxer out here and he worked and he he was a boxer. He's a, a fireman now. But he worked out, you know, he's a he was a boxer and he was with Spence, Charlo and uh Regis Progray and a few other guys out here fighting. And that's exactly what he said. He said Regis Progray is a bigger dude. He was way bigger he was way bigger than one forty when they were fighting, when he would fight these guys. Hmm. He was able to shrink. He was able to shrink down. He's, you know, so he's he's got, so he's got crazy power at 140. So and that's exactly what he was telling me, uh, before the fight. So, and it came to fruition. So would you let him take yeah, care he, of your yeah. finances for you? Who is that? The guy you're talking about that used to be a boxer. I said like fireman. Well, fire, yeah, yeah. Would you, would yeah, you let yeah, him yeah. take care of your finances and things like that? Be your agent and stuff, pay your bills and all that good stuff. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah man, no, I'm kidding with you. I'm kidding with you. He looks like he's a, you know, he's almost close to my size, I guess. But you know, I don't know. Maybe he does walk around pretty heavy. He doesn't look like him. I mean, they both weighed in about 139 before a fight, so. No, it doesn't seem like he's killing himself as far as him being too damn big uh, for the division. But if you're talking about sleeping and stuff like that, I don't know if he's going to sleep or marriage, man. That's a, no, not that's too a tough You know, not oh. too big, but, you know, not too big, just but way, but bigger, but probably really a welterweight. You know, like Javante Davis, he's a small dude, but he's a little too – he's still a little too big for 135 or whatever he's fighting for. But see – 
yeah. We know that doesn't mean nothing all the time because Sean Porter fought at 168 in the Olympics. You know what I mean? Or in the at, in his amateur at some point, Sean Porter was fighting at 168. And that's not translating exactly. into him being powerful at 147. I think Sean Porter is bodily strong, but he ain't hitting the hardest or nothing like that. No, you're right. But Pogras yeah. is yeah. He, he is knocking niggas out. He's hitting boys with straight body shots. So you know, I'm just saying that's what it just. I'm just that was just a little nugget of information that I got from somebody who. Who's trained and showed me them training with these with these guys, you know, up coming up. So you know, all that to say that he knocks Jose Ramirez out. That was pretty much it. Who's also too big for one forty? You think he's too big for one forty already, Willis? Yeah, he's a big dude, but he can't go nowhere because his power ain't. His power is gone all of a sudden. So he can't go up too high. He's going to get slept. He's going to get slept by Pro Gray. Who else? Maurice Taylor probably sleeps him. Yeah. His day's the number, man. I know that's your boy. Hmm. Interesting. This ain't the same thing about Ramirez, too, being a little too big, having weight that she's moving up to 147, things like that. We all agree that uh, that uh, Regis Pro Gray ain't nowhere near my size. So he ain't, you know, he's still a little guy at the end of the day, right? Yeah, yeah. He, y'all are almost probably about the same size. He said you said he weighed in at one thirty nine, so ain't that about ain't about the same thing? No. 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 Simple will answer, no. But anyways, we just close off. We don't gotta give him we don't we don't gotta talk about that too much 'cause you know, yeah, the guy uh uh Kirill Relic was a champion, but at the same time you know, he's the guy that nobody's worried about. At the end of the day, when we're talking about the cream of the crop, the top of the top, top heavy and things like that. So, um, good win, all right? I'm going to give him a good win, a really good win, man, a good win. And what more do you want from me? I gave the guy an A. I gave him an A plus until Willow wanted to, you know, Give him an A plus plus, which I've never seen that. I never seen that at all uh, on a. Um, I never seen that whatsoever on a grade. So uh, you know, we'll we'll leave it at that, man. We'll leave it at that. Moving along, man. Talking about Nonito Denari against Stefan Yem. We will pick in this fight, judging by his history of picks when it comes to demographics speaking. Denari. Had himself a hell of a highlight performance put out. Getting a six-round stoppage, as I mentioned, against Stephon Young. This one of those knockouts that was a really good one. You know, counter left hand, right on the button. Dude was out before he even hit the canvas. Impressive, impressive, impressive by Nonito Donari. Guy's been around for a long time. Super vet, what made headlines as the most towards the end was him calling out a fighter that, well, might be a little bit out of his league. I'm going to just play the clip for you guys, and let's see what Nonito Donari got to say, because it's, uh, it's on the books now. So, you know, you, you cash a check. Hope the funds are in there. Is that right? And he leaves. 
it was just a matter of time for me to figure out that distance, and that's what I did. Was keep pressuring him, keep taking him down until he was at the right moment to, to for me to counter with that left hook, and, and that's what happened. Now, in three weeks' time, we're going to find out who you're going to fight in the final, either Naoya Inoue or Emmanuel Rodriguez. If you had your choice on who you're going to fight in the final of the World Boxing Super Series Bantamweight Tournament, who would that be? Well, I know that both guys are amazing, but there was an unspoken thing with me in Japan and how much I respect them and I love Japan as well. There was an unspoken respect between me and a goal between me and Naoya uh, in the way that we were going to go to the final. So he's always supported me to get to the final. That's where I'm going to support him to get to the final so that we can face off each other. Anita, congratulations on the victory. We look forward to seeing you in the final. Thank you. I'll be there. I'll be watching. Keep watching. You'll see the best of me some more. Yo, I, I, I think it's going to come down to what he's talking about against the noise. A guy who I think uh, Willis guy, Andre Ward, has him listed number four on his list. Because we all know that Andre Ward, she thinks his own way. So he has Anoy on number five or four. I have to look that up. But regardless of the matter, I think it might turn out to be a pretty good fight. Um no, I'm lying. I don't think it'll be a good fight at all. I think Donari get the shit beat out of him. Uh, but it's good to see him still have life in him. Uh, you know, the, the, the Filipino fighters showing like they might have some long uh, longevity in them. I'm not sure what happened to guys like Ray Boom Boom Batista and things like that, but they still got Pacquiao picking up a dub over Adrian Broner, looking at big fights and possibilities with Keith Thurman, and you still got Nolito Donari putting some highlight material on this. So, uh, I, I like fights like this. Uh, in the tournament that they're in right now, it, you know, it's cool. And whenever you see some highlight material like this, I'm sure the Filipino people were pouring up after this had happened. One of those knockouts that you hope the opposition is okay with afterwards. Not okay with the decision, but okay as far as uh, uh, health and longevity and well-being and things of that nature. Uh, didn't look like the most devastating of punches. But it was definitely one of the most, uh, uh, one of the more uh, pinpoint precision brutal type punches. Well, uh, this is a hell of a knockout by Donari. Um, I'm not so sure. I can't remember if we talked about it on Wednesday, but he's definitely got us talking about it on Sunday. Did you see that uh, performance by Donari? And uh, shit, I'll probably give it a a solid 9.3. I know I was going to give it a 10, but it's up there in the 9. So what do you think about that fight? But uh, the fight that's finished. I don't know. That shit was highlight. Well, yeah, excellent highlight finish, but, you know, not so fast with the praise for Nonito Denari, who looked like he was a guy. He looks like he was a regular-sized guy fighting a little dude in there. And we know how little Donari is. He's the littlest of the little. So, and this, what's his name? Young, I forgot his name, but this guy came off of three days' notice for a fight. Yeah. He came he came off of three days notice for a fight and he was landing shots on Nonito Donere at one time a top ten pound for pound guy. Nonito was just getting rocked in there. Now, you know, maybe because he wasn't getting hurt. So I mean he wasn't getting rocked, he was getting hit. By a guy that I don't think should have been hitting him. He didn't have any head movement at all. He was just getting he was just getting hit. So with ease. So, you know, it was a highlight reel. You know, it was easy work, but he was also getting hit. The reason why it was easy work is because he was so much bigger than the guy. 
Um, I like Donare. Uh, nothing against him, but you know he doesn't want to see that uh, that Japanese guy. He, he's getting knocked out. He was getting way too easy. He was getting hit way too too easy, man, by a guy who can't punch, by a guy who was on three days' notice, by a guy that didn't deserve to be in the semifinals of the uh, the world. Super Series. So, hey, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna give him a no grade on this. I can't say. You know, it was a good highlight. Way to get a highlight reel on there. But this wasn't even Rob Salka. This was below that. You know, I think he was still rated number four, maybe. But you know, this was this was this was pretty bad. So I'm not gonna. That was a good performance. The crowd got to see what they wanted to see. But deep down inside, that was a shallow win. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I got lost in the moment too, talking about a thing to highlight and hearing the the call out to annoy. But um, I think he get his ass whipped. I think he get his ass whipped in that fight. <laughs> the Japanese did annoy. is no joke. So uh, one of the uh, probably most unspoken about fighters, you couldn't get a casual fan to 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 know who the hell he is. But Donari, I think he's definitely going to get sparked out in this one right here. Uh, uh, take it to JP. JP. Hell of a performance, but three days notice. Well, you know, not everybody's RC and could get three days notice and pick up a W. So, you know, uh, Stefan Young unfortunately tasted uh, tasted his, his dreams before he tasted the canvas in that in that sixth round with the left hook counter that Donari thought uh, or had. What, what do you think about the the finishing performance by Nonito Donari? All right, so Donari is somebody I'm. Um, just coming to know. So Nonito Donaire apparently died with the loss to Rigondeaux. <laughs> and since then, everybody's yeah. been calling him Donare, and he's been kicking some ass. Now, for me, when Nonito Donaire died, when he got his ass kicked by Rigondeaux, that's when I stopped paying attention. I thought he was shot at that point. Um, since, it looks like Donare has resurrected and has gotten some victories and has remained some kind of relevance. So didn't he have a draw or some kind of close fight with Carl Frampton? And so Nonito Donare, this new resurgent fighter, seems to have maybe be good again. I don't know. I don't know. I, I know Stefan Young is not the gauge, but you know, Nonito got a knockout, looked impressive, still seems to have that pop that he always had. So we'll, we'll, we'll have to see next time he's in against some, some stiff competition. But I'm just amazed he's still around and relevant. I thought he was – we had seen the end of him when after the Regal fight. But, yeah, no, no. he's uh, And also kudos to him for being one of the guys that are that is out here doing the year-round Vada testing. And probably one of the dudes who pioneered that and trailblazed that whole thing. So we need more guys like Donare in the sport. Good point. And, and you mentioned about what, what happens when he gets in there with stiff competition. Uh, <clears throat> sounds like he's looking forward to getting in there with the stiffest of competition that, uh, <laughs> you know, getting in there with a top five pound for pound rank. I know you. Um, probably not going to fare well for him, and I'm not so sure that that's going to be bringing in the uh, backing up the Brinks truck. So uh, he might go back to Nonito Donaire, 
if and when that happens in the foreseeable future, and we're talking about really, really soon here, um, any chance of, uh, let's let's just say if you were in Vegas and you had a little bit of money to spend, let's say you won some money at the craps table and you're doing pretty good, um, would you would you throw a little bit of coin or what kind of percentage would you give for Donari pulling off an upset against a guy like Inouye, uh in a, in a fight that looks like it's down the road? It, it looks like it's gonna be happening. I uh well I like him I like him I I I still think you can break his will. I still I still think he's the same guy if he's not able to land his money punch, or if he if he he can't hurt you or if you get to him first. You can still break him, I feel. So I seen, I feel like I seen the ghost leave when he lost to Rigandale. He was pretty beat up that night. And he got his ass whooped in front of everyone. Um, but he's back. You know, he hasn't been under the big spotlight, but he's remained and picked up some good wins. So what can I say about him? But I'm not putting no money on him. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's going to be hard-pressed for any of that to go down. Um, but hopefully we'll see this one going down. Uh, coming up to our last topic here, folks, this is one that I kind of felt a little laughable, but at the same time, admirable. You know, we if we talk about <clears throat> guys who are considered opponents, you know, uh, when Danny had his little uh, Fox, uh, not a face-off, but just a little a little interview-type deal that they had with Abner Mars and, and female, I can't remember her name, but um, Danny took offense to being called an opponent by Adrian Granados. I've never been an opponent. Now, a guy that we always know has been an opponent, Louis Colazzo. Louis Colazzo, for whatever reason, well, I guess I can't say that. We know that he's trying to get that back, and Adrian Broner definitely brings a, a good attendance and would bring uh, probably a, you know, a really good paycheck for Luis Colazzo, but Luis Colazzo took to Twitter at real Luis Colazzo, that is C O L L A Z O, came out and said, What was this, yesterday? He came out and said, I want to fight Adrian Broner. He's straight trash. You run your mouth more than you run your hands. Quote, end quote. Now, Willis said he has to, he'll be back with us in a second, so I'll take it to you first, JP. This is probably something that Adrian Bronner is excited for. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's, see, oh, I fought him because, you know, he called me out. It's not like I'm trying to avoid anybody. Seems like it would be a pretty good pick-me-up fight for AP um, and a good little cash-out for Louis Colazzo. Colazzo calling out Bronner, does it surprise me? A little bit, a little bit. I didn't really know where Bronner could go from here after losing to Manny Pacquiao, but talk about a fucking drop-off. Fighting Manny Pacquiao on pay-per-view, probably fighting Louis Colazzo. Well, we know that would – I think that would headline. <laughs> but they probably have to do it somewhere like Cincinnati uh, or maybe a, a small-town venue in Toledo where Robert Easter was. They got to do it somewhere where it's more favorable for uh, the headline being Adrian Broner. But Louis Colazzo calling him out. Uh, I haven't seen anything up until this point as far as the response by Adrian Broner. But um, – if I'm Al Heyman, I'd be like, yeah, you know, why not? Yeah, why not? Let's let's get him in there. Yeah, let's get another pick-me-up win for Broner and see what we can do for him moving forward. Uh, do you see this one happening if you were in the position of power as Al Heyman for Adrian Broner? 
No, man. I think Adrian's in a particular spot here. You can't let him fight Colazzo because Colazzo might actually beat him. Now, we're Whoa. not worried about it. we're not worried about Adrian getting beat. We're worried about who beats him. See, Adrian can get beat and will get beat. We just need big names to beat him. So we can always say, well, he's getting beat by the top guys, you know, and we put him on these pedestals. When we start having journeymen kicking his ass, we got a problem. You know, Adrian Broner can't lose to Adrian Granados. He he also can't lose to Luis Colazzo, who nobody knows, other than us hardcores. So that's the problem there business-wise. I'm sure Colazzo wants it because Colazzo smells blood in the water, and he's like, I could beat this dude, and I can get my name back in the mix with things. But if you're Heyman and you have more of your horses attached to the Broner chariot, you got to make sure that you match this guy up right. You know, he's fought, you know, he's fighting big-name guys that we know he's going to get his ass kicked by, whether it was Garcia or Pacquiao, but their names. You're putting him in with these names so he's on a certain plateau, and there's mystique there. But if you put him in with a Colazzo, and Colazzo able to do the same thing that the Garcias and any of those other dudes are able to do to him, why do we want to see him with a big name? Why do we need to see him, period? Then once he start losing to journeymen and, you know, mid, mid-living, middle-type fighters, then why do we need to see him at all, you know? So the, the trick here with Broner is we're not worried about him getting beat because that's going to happen. We can still cash in off him getting beat and versing him with big names and making a big deal out of it. We put him in there with Colazzo, then he's pretty much dies after that because now he's lost to a guy who's a relative nobody and no disrespect to Colazzo, but in terms of, you know, business, money, and notoriety, he's a nobody. So we need to put Adrian back in there with a Mikey Garcia. You know, we need to put Adrian in there with, you know, one of the guys, man, and then he can get beat and, you know, have a moment or two. And it's all good there. But you can't let him fight Colazzo. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that, man. I, I, I'm not I'm not on the same wavelength as you as far as Colazzo beating him. I think I think I think Boner beat the shit out of Colazzo, but I mean if you wanna go pop shot and, you know, landing four punches a fucking round, uh I don't see that happening. But uh Colazzo, a guy who definitely got some dog in him. I could see why he would want this fight, not only for the paycheck stat of paycheck, but uh, he probably does believe that hey, I could beat this guy because he don't really let his hands go, and I'm gonna make it a dog fight, make it ugly, do the Madonna route, and you know, see if he could survive uh, 12 rounds, <clears throat> which hasn't seemed like that would be too much of an issue. You know, we've seen uh, Adrian Granado, since I brought up earlier, uh, take some some flush shots from Adrian Broner when he fought him, and you know shook his head continuously, and at the end of the fight saying, you know, he ain't got no pop like that. And we see what Danny did to him. Danny going to put his ass down three times and stop him. So difference of power when it comes to guys like that, uh, it goes a long way, almost like, uh, you know, the boys in the locker room. Yeah, difference of the boys in the the locker room talking about, you know, who's got power and who don't. Uh, I'm not so sure if Broner's uh, got that. 
that power that is, especially if, if I'm Louis Collazo and I'm looking at Adrian Bronner's social media account. Guy's been in the club nonstop, <laughs> nonstop since he, you know, after that Pacquiao fight. I think, I think earlier today uh, he was just pouring, you know, bottles of champagne inside a bucket, uh, probably expensive, <laughs> but just pouring, you know, living his best life. I'm not mad at you, Adrian Broner. You, you do your thing, A.B. You worked hard and enjoyed the, the fruits of your labor. But if I'm a, a, a guy who's opposition-wise, I'm looking at that, and I'm smelling blood in the water, you know. So um, it is what it is. But let's take it to Willard since he's back now. Willard, Louis Collazo talking about he wants to get some smoke with A.B. Uh, silly or smart? What do you think about this? Oh, my God. Well, it's smart. Collazo trying to get paid, trying to get another payday. Uh, if I'm AB, I don't, I don't go down to that level. Um, you know, AB's here to fight stars. If, if Amir Khan can do it, AB can do it. Just needs to stay relevant, keep his name in the mix, and he'll be able to fight better fights than Luis Collazo. So, I mean, it sounds good. If I'm Collazo, you know, I might think I have a chance against him, but Collazo isn't, isn't worth it. I'm AB's team. I'm saying, nah, we ain't worried about any of that. Like like he say, fuck all that. Fuck all that. They're looking for the big guys. And that's just because of the guys, nobody to worry about. Not because there's any risk of losing, right? Because JP thinks that he might be able to pick up that W against AB. Well, I mean, if, if Adrian Broner's not throwing any punches, anybody can pick up a, a W against him. AB's throwing punches that was, I think that was. <laughs> He wipe them out, but you know, th- at this point in time, this Adrian Broner is throwing punches, so it would be a close fight. You know, if you're out there and you're not getting knocked out, um, it would be a close fight with Adrian Broner. So, you know, so it's a little bit of both. You don't need a tough fight with the with the guy that nobody's worried about at this point in time, and also you don't need to be fighting guys nobody's worried about at this point in time. Yeah. That'd be too far of a step, uh, too far of a drop off. Fight Manny Pacquiao on pay per view to fight Louis Collazo on God knows when. So <laughs> you know, is what it is. Um, but before we get to the wrap up over here, I think we got speculation about a Spence and and Porter fight that is going to be going down, and we all know about Thurman and Pacquiao probably going down, uh, which leaves one Terrence Bud Crawford left alone with nobody to play with. I didn't put this one on our listing for our, uh, what we had going, but Willis said we got 15 minutes, so I figured we kick a little bit on this one right here before we wrap up. Uh, Willis, looks like Terrence Bud Crawford's being left out in the cold. I think that we're going to have Spence and Porter over in your neck of the woods somewhere, or I'm not so sure in the neck of the woods of where you're at, but in Texas, and we're most likely going to have Porter and pa- or Thurman and Pacquiao go down uh, man, cold game for Terrence Bud Crawford. <laughs> uh, is this all evasion? Because we've seen uh, Earl Spence come out where Porter uh, uh, Crawford had had said, tweeted out earlier, uh, was it early in the day or yesterday, where he said that, oh wow, he said my name. I'm surprised. Where you know he said, you know, I'm not worried about Crawford. I'll knock out. Basically, just saying I'll knock out. You know, Porter, Pacquiao, and Thurman. Uh, completely evading anything involved with Terrence Bud Crawford. Uh, I would say that you got, but I know you're not big on Spence. But I mean, uh, if you're if you're if you're Crawford, what can you do at this point in time? 
about just being left out with, uh, you know, you're at recess when everybody else is in class. Man, you can't do shit, man. You got to sit back. You got to watch this guy, Spence, get another belt, him have a little more leverage over you. So when it, when the fight comes, you're going to have to bend a little more. Uh, it sucks to be him, but, I mean, he's on the other side. It's not a duck from Spence, you know, to keep it, you know, not at all. You've got the easier – you've got guys with belts over there that's going to fight. And if you get all the belts, then you, when you do fight Crawford, you've got all the leverage. You're the unified champ, and you've done the bigger fights. So, you know, it, it sucks for Spence, but it is what it is. I mean, he signed with top rank. He's just got to have to uh, uh, dig deep, fight whoever he can fight, and just uh, hopefully he doesn't have any L's by Tom Spence gets these belts. So, you know, he's going to fight Thurman next. After that, I would, I would suspect, or, you know, the winner of Thurman Pacquiao to, to unify the belt. So we'll see how that goes. And then, then he might fight Danny Garcia. And Danny Garcia can keep winning. So, you know, Crawford's in a bad spot, not a duck. I wish we could have saw the fight, um, but we're not going to the next. So that's what it is. Yeah. Ah, uh, man. That's it. Yeah. This is rough, man. The only guy that'd be able to save this is Danny saying, you know, you guys are all pussies. I'll fight Crawford. And then, you know, I don't know what happened. But, uh, uh, JP, this this whole, I mean, it seems like the welterweights are all just trying to conduct business without the, the C word being involved in it, man. At this point in time, if you're Terrence Bud Crawford or involved in Terrence Bud Crawford's team, what do you do when you're being left out as much as this guy's being left out with no opposition to get in the ring with. It feels like uh, it feels like Mike Tyson when he is in his prime having trouble getting sparring partners. Well, I'd be looking at my contract and like when am I when I'm out this bitch, you know, hopefully with you know, you got to end of that contract in the next fight or two and you're looking to get to that. If it's not that, you got to be patient because nothing's about to happen for him. You just got to be comfortable sitting there getting your check and letting that be it because what you've seen out of Bob Arum all out of character in Crawford's last fight is, um, is that Willa? Um, is Crawford is, um, Arum just in the ring, basically begging out. He was, he, what came out of, of, his, of his mouth is like, Al Heyman won't let the fight happen. He's the reason the fight won't happen. But what he was really was saying is, Al, please, please help me, Al, please. I just have to pay Amir Khan <laughs> way, way more than what Amir Khan should be paid to be here tonight. Yeah. He's the best name I can get. Please, Al, please help me. Help me, brother. That's what he was really saying. Because they're fucked. You know, it's too much inventory over here at PBC. Too much legitimate inventory. Hey, who, who wouldn't want to see Errol versus Ugas? Who wouldn't want to see that? I mean, so it's plenty of inventory over there, man. Yeah. We got so, several options, and it's going to be a while. There's no rush to get over there. I mean, we just got options all day over here. The inventory is deep. The, the stocks, the shelves are stocked, and it's, it's they bad. You know, top heavy, got no middle class, you know, and that's that's what you get. So 
fuck it, you know, he over there on an the island, or unless they willing to take, I, I wouldn't even give a fuck if they willing to negotiate at a 20-80 ratio. I'm still not fighting them because the inventory's legit. Because after um, he be, he fights Porter, we taking Danny, then we gonna take Thurman, we taking Ugas, and then there's other dudes I'm forgetting. So we taking all of that, all of it's legitimate. Bob could be over there crying and begging as much as he wants, but if he if the ball was in his court, he'd be doing the same. We know that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, where was this at the whole time? Mayweather Pacquiao negotiations weren't really going down. Where was this? Plenty of times when Bob Arum had his side of the A side not being willing to negotiate and conducting business as far as the way things are, you know, plausible for Spence. He definitely doesn't have to take that risk against, like, Terrence Crawford. And we hate to talk about that because that is the business side of boxing. But when you talk about longevity, well-being, family, security financially well that's the business so it is what it is i feel bad for Crawford, but at the same time you can make a good point jp you got to be looking at that contract and see what the hell you can do man because uh uh it seems like the grass is greener on the other side right now you, you mentioned those names for uh spence um <clears throat> and there could be guys moving up um you know uh for Crawford, he could only help for, I don't know. I don't know. Ramirez to move up? Is that going to do big numbers? I, I, I don't know. I don't think so. But, you know, we'll keep hope beyond hope as far as this boxing fans. I hope we could get this fence fight against Crawford because it seems like we're so close. And then yet, oh, another two steps back so far. But we'll see how it goes. Um, JP, uh, I think Willa has left the building with us, so. I'm gonna get ready to kick back over here, probably fire something up. I got some uh I got some tri tip I've been marinating all day, ready to put on the grill and have a relaxing Sunday. Finish up the rest of this story mode on MK and uh just kick it for the rest of the week and get ready for work tomorrow, man. What you got lined up for the rest of this Sunday, my guy? Whoop. And then there was one. You know, some people might get radio ghosts whenever it's a radio silence comes around. Not me. I relish it. I enjoy it. I troy on uncomfortable situations. And I tell you right now, brother, I'm getting ready to go back and have me a good old couple of drinks right about now. And uh, 525 on the Pacific Coast, the left coast, which is the best coast. And I, I, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to enjoy it the rest of this day. About to tweet Michaela Mayer and like a couple of pictures of her and uh, see what's good in the hood. So, speaking for myself in the San Joaquin Valley, Houston, Texas, Inglewood, where they really get to know good, Southern California, we are the Outsiders Boxing Podcast, and we support Michaela Mayer. Talk to you later, sweetheart. And we out. Mama, I love you. P.O.P. All the time.